You are looking live at the fifth year podcast with Parker Biggs, Zach Ruley, and Clint Maxey. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe it? These guys are the best with this podcast. Don't even think of making a wager on this upcoming season without checking in with Parker, Zach, and Clint. Take it away, guys. Welcome to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, we've got Clint Maxey, Zach Ruley, and Parker Biggs here. Uh, we've got a quick episode ahead, uh, fresh off of uh, some Bedlam hoops um, and the announcement of the 2023 Big 12 football schedule. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in. Let's start with uh, with hoops, man. The Sooners were had a short uh, high ride there after that Bama win, and, and uh, quickly uh, quickly came back to earth uh, in a pretty embarrassing loss to, to OSU last night in front of what was probably the best crowd in the Lloyd Noble Center since since Buddy healed. I mean, overall, just I don't think it could have been a worse outcome for for OU. It was it was really bad. Kick their ass. It was, it was yeah. fun, a lot of fun to watch. And me and uh, Weston were kind of giving you some shit on Twitter afterwards. Six out of the last seven yeah. to the Cowboys. Boy, no one's um, OU. Yeah, he's good against him. He, I think it's because he recognizes how important the game is. It definitely helps when Caleb Boone and Musa Cisse both have 18 points at a very high clip because OSU didn't even like shoot it that great for They're 25% from three. OU is somehow worse at 22. Uh, that was the best 40 minutes of basketball OSU's played all year, though, if that makes you feel any better. I mean, Cissé, the, the problem is, I mean, Tanner Groves and Jacob Groves and, and Godwin are no answer for, I mean, Cissé and Boone. The, the, I mean, the, the, the group of five Groves, Groves brothers, they, they right. the Eastern are not Big 12. Group. Yeah, they're no. not Big 12 yeah. big men. They, they're solid. They're they'd de- be good they're like pieces. Big. Yeah, no, yeah, Tanner exactly. Groves would be a great piece to have coming off the bench. Shit, he'd be, he'd awesome. be fine. He'd be all right even just if he was a four. But he's playing yeah. the five, and I mean, he's just physically outmatched, game in, game out. Um, it just doesn't. I think Saturday was a real, a real anomaly. Um, they shot I, the ball I, well. I do think on Saturday it was yes that because they they did shoot it incredibly well. I gonna be honest, and I hate to just shit all over that win because it was it's a win's a win, especially against Alabama. I don't know how hard Alabama like really. You know what I mean? Like the Big Twelve SEC Challenge for like those really good teams. It was more so just like, let's get out of here health wise. Right. This game doesn't mean much to our end goal. Who cares? Right. Not- it, you know, that game had no real impact. Like, it's not a loss that like is like a killer loss on the resume, and it's not a win that would make move the needle at all. Like, it so didn't it, bump them from a one to a four seed. Alabama. Right. They like, remained still a on one. the one line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, also, I do think to an extent, it probably had something to do with like Bam is really, really good. But Bama's not as physical as most Big 12 teams. No, they're not. No, they're not. They, they, I mean, they can score the ball like crazy. They're really athletic, but they're not They're not grinded out defensively like pretty much anyone in the Big 12 is. Um, yep. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, and then last I, night was, um, I mean, I think OSU played really, really well. I mean, OU just, they looked frantic at times, which is so weird because typically they play so slow and – I don't know. There's so I have so many question marks. I, I question what they're doing with the rotation. Bijan Cortez is playing a lot, and I don't really get it. Um, you got to wonder though. I mean, it looked like they maybe were going to fold before the Bama game. I mean, if they can't go into into Morgantown on Saturday and win, I mean, I think things could really, really. I don't see a win. I think Tech at home is the only like game I was looking at. And, like they'll be favored in that game. Like that's the one game 
yeah. know, they'll be favored. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win another game. I wonder if I, – I tweeted it last night kind of as a joke, but also kind of serious. If Notre Dame showed any interest in Porter Moser at all, oh, to no, me, there's... he should jump all over that. Like, go back up north, recruit the Chicago area again, Indiana. There's a lot of good basketball players up there. Uh, probably more comfortable for him, to be yeah. honest. And then also – much a- of a grind. Yeah, and the ACC is a lot easier to win than the Big 12 or maybe even the SEC. I don't know. The, the, the SEC, ACC are pretty comparable. But Notre Dame's a good program. Probably not better than OU, but – he would but just it's get, comparable. Yeah, he would get to go back to a more comfortable environment for him. So if they offer him that job, he should, I, in my opinion, it should be no hesitation. He should be their next I, coach. I've heard that that um, I think Mosier's buyout's like $9 million, so it's a pretty hefty it's a lot of money. buyout. It's a good thing um, a private Catholic school can probably afford that. Yeah. Yeah, and like the thing about Mosier is I think, I mean, clearly I think he's a good coach. Like he's had success. I mean, obviously with the Final Four run at Loyal, a 16 run, sweet 16 run. But just something's not – and it, it could be as simple as he doesn't have great players. I mean, their big men are arguably – I mean, I haven't seen a front court as weak as OU's in Power 5. I mean, they don't have any sort of athleticism down low. And maybe that's it's, it, that's the fix. But I wonder if he's so focused on his system and playing his style rather than just bringing the best, most athletic players you can. See, that's that's the other thing that does get law, especially college basketball now. Um, it used to be like to me when a head coach came in and a new one came in, it's like, okay, well, let's get him a couple of recruiting cycles, which that's that's still like evident and like you still need to give a guy time. But also with the transfer portal, you can go handpick guys that play your style of basketball. Like you you have options who have played major D1 basketball or even high major stuff. So there's he he wanted the Groves brothers. Like that was a big get at the time. Yeah. And they just have I mean, Jacob O of two. Um, with two rebounds in 13 minutes last night, zero points. Like that's not very good, and that's your yeah. starting small forward. So Sherfield <laughs> also was in hell last night. That we OSU does a good job on him. Really good job. There's I mean, no threat to score down low, so like they can just smother him. OU is playing some interesting. I mean, there's like Owe, who hasn't really gotten much run all year, but got a lot of play lot, playing time last night. I and mean, they were clearly just trying anything. Yeah, to get some sort of part. And there was ne- there OU never at any point went on any sort of run like I kept saying like early first half when it was like sitting like eight ten point game I was like man if you can just get this down to six you're you're looking pretty but then instead OSU gets it to 14 at half um and then from OSU there you did a good job of keeping it at arm's length too though I got kind of nervous in the second half like seven minutes left it got to like nine when you started pressing yeah and I was like okay well here we go and then we broke a press where the ball hit the, the floor I think once and it led to an alley-oop and I was like right. okay Hey, we're, How many we're alley oops did OSU have? I mean, they had like a lot of a lot of dunks last night. Yeah, I, the but, thing that when Musa is hitting like elbow jumpers on pick and roll, I, I it's it's hard for me to say we'd lose to. I think we could be legitimately without good our defenses if we you add that element to scoring. Now there was some lucky. It was just one of those nights for both teams, but he he looked very comfortable in limited minutes again. So. Just for the sake of the conversation, I don't think unless say like the only real scenario where I see Porter not coaching OU next year is if no, yeah, some if if he has another opportunity where he thinks he can get out. Yeah, um, I don't think OU's gonna fire him after two seasons, and I don't think they should. I think he probably deserves another chance. He's got a solid recruiting class coming in, but he's got to just for the sake of the argument, say he goes to Notre Dame after this season. 
who would you like what name like who would you- um grant mccasland i think yeah. that's his name is um north texas yeah he's good north texas is really good too i would look at him but I like then, the, I mean, also, I love the idea of Kellen Sampson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Son. I mean, or just Kelvin. Just yeah. he, I don't think he'd want. I don't think he'd leave. No, he's got a good game going right yeah. now. Um, but I, 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 maybe a young guy to kind of bring some. I mean, Porter's relatively young, so maybe that's a bad example. But McCaslin's good. He's got OU ties too, right? Maybe, maybe he was a GA or something. But the, any one of the, pretty much anyone on that Houston staff would be good. White, Kellen Sampson, they all played at OU. Uh, just, I don't know. It's, we'll see. I, this is the first time where I really find myself like questioning, like the direction of, of what's going on. I saw somewhere assuming OU doesn't make the tournament, which I don't think they will, but, and they got to go like, they got to somehow find a way like to win like probably six games, probably six five at games. minimum, six at minimum, yeah. five for a long which, shot, which I don't imagine. Like I, I'm looking at the schedule. I see like at max three or four wins. Um, so say if say they miss the tournament, it'll be like I think I saw the third time, only the second or third time, I think second time since the seventies that OU's missed the tournament in back to back seasons. Um, wow. So I mean, things are really like I think this is the lowest point in a while. Yeah, I mean, Ed, Eddie pointed out on Twitter from the program. He said this is the second straight Big Twelve game. The benches have been empty. I mean, OSU yeah. got to go full line change with the walk-ons last yeah. night in Lloyd Noble. And they could have done it earlier. They could have done it earlier too. They've only won three times in Lloyd Noble since two thousand five, since Eddie Sutton retired, and twice in the two years in a row, right? Yeah, and that was the the first that was the first double digit win in um, Lloyd Noble by OSU since two thousand four. So OSU fans, if you believe that could be a good sign, that could be a really good sign for how far this team goes. Now they have a lot of work left to do to even make it. But yesterday, I think Lenardi said that the winner of that game uh, would be in his, yeah. his last four in as of now. So, but they get TCU on Saturday. Who's pretty beat up right now in Stillwater. Yeah. Lampkin might not play. And Mike miles who are both arguably first team, all big 12 guys might both be out. And then they have tech at home next Wednesday. So you win those two, all of a sudden you're at six and five. Yeah, you're seeing um, very pretty. You're sitting. You just need to win two, maybe three more games, and you're in the tournament. Yeah, that yeah. was their first uh, quad one or two road win last night, though. So that one was a must win for us here. You know, I think I think eight. If you get to eight ones in the Big Twelve, you're you're, you're in, good. especially with yeah. like the net rating, which the committee claims they look at. Now, whether that's true or not, but um, like even Tech is pretty close to being in the top six. Obviously, the top sixty-eight don't all get in. That's not how it works. You you have people who steal bids and all that bullshit. But um, it, it it'll be interesting to see how OSU closes out. It, they kind of have found something with Woody Newton playing the four, and maybe this Musa injury was a blessing in disguise for like the entire roster because it feels like they've they've kind of gelled a little bit offensively, and Avery's been playing better. So it'll be really fun to watch. See if they, it, it's cool when OSU and OU were both playing meaningful games though. Like it was cool that it was packed last night, whether it was free or not. Right. It was awesome. To see. Like those games are so much more fun. And like Saturday, I hope there's a great crowd in GIA. There might not be, but. Oh, you um, should do. The, is, oh, they screwed. Like there could not have been a worse possible way. For, I mean, the fact that that many people show up, even if it was free, just the fact that it was packed like that. And then to put up that performance, they're going to. Yeah, it hurts. It, those crowd, they need to win at West Virginia on Saturday because the crowds. I mean, they got to do something. No one's gonna go watch. It. I mean, you can't lay an egg like that in front of a. It's already tough at a football school, and then you add in a losing product, and it just drives it to to zero. Yeah. 
I mean, OU's record at home this year is seven and five. That's not good. By far and away the worst in the Big Twelve. So yeah, no, they've. It's, well, there's no they and the one time they actually did have I mean should have had a home court advantage it was pretty much zapped I mean there was there was never a point where that what did it get like 10 2 pretty much from the get-go yeah and it was never it never got closer than that I don't think the entire game yeah but um yeah what are your thoughts just kind of looking ahead to the rest of the big 12 season like who do you look at as the the, the team the, the team to beat because I mean I, I, think- I don't know I think like watching OSU play Texas, that's been their I think that their one loss in the last four or five. They're just so freaking deep, dude. It feels like everybody on the floor for UT can make a shot if they need to. And they're all very comfortable doing that. And Tyrese Hunter hadn't even been playing his best basketball. He's been like kind of a shell of himself. But it, it's it's always tough to bet against Bill Self, too. Yeah. I don't I don't think this I don't think this one, I don't like the sky is falling on Kansas, and I don't think but at the same time, I don't think this is Bill's best team um, ever by any means. I think it's just Jalen Wilson has been able to mask so many issues yeah. with their roster because they, they don't have a consistent big man right now. And typically Bill's really good teams have that. Um, so it, it's interesting to watch it all unfold. I, there's a pretty good chance that the Big 12 conference champion has four or five losses in conference play. Yeah, I would say that's more than likely. Yeah, so Texas at seven and two right now. They have a one game lead on Iowa State, TCU, KU, and K State. I don't think I. I think Iowa State of that group is the worst. Yeah, but then again, um, I've been wrong before. I mean, their defense is really good, as are most teams, but and they're really good at home. So we'll see how it shakes down. I have no clue. Baylor is at five and four. Yeah, six top fifteen. Six top fifteen teams in the country. <laughs> Disgusting. I mean, and if OSU wins, finds a way to win, like. They'll be ranked. If they win two more, they're probably going to be ranked. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be what, the four-game win streak if they could win the next couple? Yeah, if they win the next two, that would be a four-game win streak. I mean, shoot. Like, I think West Virginia is projected in the field right now. Yeah, they are. They're 27th in the net. And, and, and the crazy thing is – 2-7 in conference. Like, I bet – I haven't looked at Lenardi's stuff today. I bet you OU still, like, first four out. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're right in there. I don't know if he's posted it, but it, it, it'll be fun to see how it all unfolds down the stretch. Um it's literally anybody's race for the college right. championship. I I really like it. at full health. I think TCU ceiling is as high as anyone's in the league. Yeah, I really like Mike Miles. Yeah, he's. I awesome. love Lampkin too. Oh, the return of Rondell Walker Saturday to GIA. Hopefully, he what's he averaging? Like two points a game? Not even that. It's it's it actually is one of those grass isn't always greener situations. It might seem, all the so. issue guys likely. I mean, none of them are like. Yeah, well, maybe that just means they weren't any good. Which yeah. I. Especially in ICE's case, I've been screaming yeah. for the past three years, but it is what it is. Addition by subtraction. Yes, literally. All right. Any other hoops thoughts before we uh, we talk Big 12 football schedule for next year? Nope. All right. Yeah. So uh, finally, after months and months of waiting, um, Big 12 releases the 2023 Big 12 football schedule, obviously with the addition of, of the four newcomers, Houston, UCF, BYU and Cincinnati, um, that there's a big wrinkle in there. So, you know, going from the, the round robin style of schedule to suddenly there's four teams you're not playing. And I think OU and OSU both are a little surprised, probably fans at least, surprised on the schedule. OSU, none of the traditional four Texas schools, right? Yeah, which in my opinion hurts recruiting a little bit. Uh, 100%. Not getting those eyeballs in the state of Texas except for once, and it's in Houston, a team you haven't played since – 
I think 2010 or something like that. So that that definitely kind of hurts. Um, I would have loved to have played like Tech or Baylor. or I mean, I say TCU, but to flip that, and there's no way of knowing who's going to be good, right? Like TCU was picked finish seventh or eighth in the conference, and then K-State was pick, picked to finish sixth or seventh last year. So it's you have no idea, but just looking at both OSU and OU schedules, they shape up to be relatively easy. Yep. Like it, just looking at them, and I know OSU's had all this offseason shit go on, and they've lost so much, but they set up very favorably for both teams. Yeah, no. Oh, so OU plays. I think TCU is the only Texas Big Twelve school we play, and that's in Norman. So the the OU Texas game is the only game in the state of Texas. Which I'm not surprised by that. That oh, that I'm shocked though that OSU allowed the Big Twelve to not send them into Texas for any games like that. Doesn't, well, I wonder, doesn't I wonder, me. I wonder if there was a, it's like, well, if you want a Texas game, we'll take Bedlam away. I, I doubt that's how the dialogue went, but I guess you never know. Um, that's the, I think that's the earliest they're playing. I would have just made OU homecoming said, fuck it. Why do we want Cincinnati to be homecoming? Just do OU as homecoming last Bedlam ever um, blow it out. Like, but it is what it is. I, I hate I mean, at UCF, OU, then at UCF, purely travel-wise, and then at Houston, purely travel-wise, I know that's not that far, but that's that's a lot, that three-week stretch. That's not going to be a cakewalk by any means. Yeah, so uh, looking at OU's schedule, like, OU plays four teams that were in the AAC last year. Yeah, we so got all the newcomers, too. Yeah, so we don't have all the newcomers. So we also play S- at Tulsa oh. and SMU, but we don't play Houston – um, but you know, so you go start off the season in the non-conference with Arkansas State, SMU, and then at Tulsa, and then you immediately go. Just, you kick off conference play and kick off Cincinnati's Big Twelve era on the road, um, which I know Cincinnati will be probably down without Fickle, but still tough place to play. And you go Iowa State at home, Texas and Dallas by, then host Central Florida at Kansas at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and then. I think the trickiest part of the schedule is the last two games. You go at BYU, and then you go on a short short week with a Black Friday, Thanksgiving weekend game against TCU. That's kind of the, the that in, that home stretch. I think is is going to be crucial. But I mean, I look at the schedule, and I honestly have a hard time see, seeing more than like three losses on there. Yeah, um, I if OU finishes with anything less than ten wins, I'd be shocked. Yeah, no, and anything like eight and four or worse would be like that's a fireable like, offense. I'm sorry. I know we keep saying give him more time. If if Brent Venables doesn't win more Nate games, I would I would fire him. This no, is the University I wouldn't of fire, but I would, you you have to really worry. Like if yeah, they definitely. if they go seven and five, eight and four, um, yeah, no, it's it's time to to start really really it's, worried. It, to me though. I say fire him. This is OU man. Like is, Lincoln is what he is and did what he did, but the dude was winning fucking games. Bob Stoops, yeah. he won games. Like you can't. If you go under under 10 wins to me for as somebody who looks and interacts with OU fans, that should be deemed a gigantic failure. To right. Under 10 wins. Damn near yeah, every year. Like, yeah, because you look at one year could be an anomaly, but two years it's like, yes. all right, what's going on here? That's a trend. Now especially in this in exactly, especially in this era of the transfer portal where you have yes. the ability to reload so quickly, which we've seen a lot of teams do, like you don't have that excuse. Um no at least not to go win 10 games and compete for a conference championship. We're not even asking him to win, go compete for a national title. 
just, no, just be relevant again. in the conference. Yeah, yeah they yeah. won fucking seven games this year or six, whatever it was. Like that is not OU. Like they, anything less than ten is considered a gigantic failure any year. Yeah, but that's also part of being a top program. Like is Ohio that, State fans, I'm sure view themselves the same way. Like if we don't win ten games a year. Like what the fuck are we doing? Right. Is there any Big Twelve schedule that you look at and you're like, man, those guys got a raw deal? That- uh, let me pull it up again because there was one that was like that. Does it, no? Does anyone go to Norman and to Austin? Um, I, would- I don't think so, actually. Because Tech lost OU off their schedule. I honestly don't think there's many teams that got both OU and Texas. I don't know if did Kansas anyone? did. Kansas did. Um, Iowa State did. But they split home and away. There's not a lot. I. So same with BYU. BYU is an interesting one, just because they're non-conference, having to go to Arkansas, to TCU, and then to Texas. That's. So I, I just, don't know. I just saw TCU Colorado Week One. That'll be a good game. Yeah, and then um, they yeah they have a good schedule too. But I it really does suck to me though as you didn't get a Texas school because that's. I mean, when I was in school, it was like we could drive four hours, go to Fort Worth for the game, you know, mm-hmm. or we could Is drive. Is there a single road game you could you can drive to this year? You I can mean, do you, Houston. You it, it's not yeah. a fun drive. I've 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 done that drive. It's not very fun, but you could do that one. I was looking forward to Austin one more time. There really um, isn't because like KU and K State are both at home. Iowa State's you I mean a drive it's drivable, but it's not a short drive. At I've done that one too. That's not fun. East, at Central Florida, yeah, Houston. I mean, that's really the closest. Yeah, so that sucks for OSU fans. It also sucks for OSU fans that live in like DFW or or anywhere in Texas because yeah. they don't have the opportunity to go watch their team. Maybe they can't make it up to Stillwater every weekend. So they really rely good on those Texas schools. Nice slate for OU for having to travel because you go at Tulsa. I know that's not a conference game. At Kansas, at OSU, that's three games right there. They're only the only bugaboo I'd be worried about is no, not even worried, but it's at BYU then TCU on a short week. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting. And at, at that BYU point, in late November, yeah, I'm gonna. That is a game I would like to. That I'm gonna try to try to make. Because at that point, you'll be beat up pretty good. Yeah. Um, BYU's physical. The other thing that that bothers me again is the early bye week for OSU. That's what happened last year. They had it in like week five. It's in week four, week five again this year, and it just felt like they just were out of gas come week ten or eleven. Maybe that was just morale being so low, but. Um. To me, that part of it kind of stinks. Which of the newcomers, like, how would you order them in, like, how you look at, I don't know, their pedigree or, like, you're most excited about playing? BYU. Yep. Cincinnati. UCF, Houston. Yep, exactly. I Houston and UCF, they do not move the needle for me. Houston doesn't do shit for me. No. And to be well, basketball, they do, but um, – right. I mean, UCF doesn't really do much. The only reason I think highly of UCF is because I think Gus Malzahn is a good coach. Yeah. Um, and he can just – he he's he can scheme them to X amount of wins. Um, every I don't year. know what Houston brings to the table, to be completely honest. You already have such a large Texas footprint. I mean, maybe it – I mean, maybe you could say it helps you get a little more into the Houston recruiting, but that's already there. Central Florida, at least you're bringing in a brand-new state that's loaded with talent that you haven't had, yeah. you know – a place you haven't played, you know, traditionally in the Big 12. Um, BYU, obviously, to me, BYU is the most exciting one. Huge fan base. By far, big stadium, yeah. big school, 
really big, enormous following. They've won a national it's, it's title. All, it's, at, it's out west. You get to go explore a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. like people have been to Florida. Have they been to Provo, Utah? Probably not. Right. Isn't that where it is, Provo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The stadium <laughs> yeah. looks beautiful too. Like it's yeah, in the cool. mountains. Like, I've been I, there. I, I was kind of ho- I was kind of hoping OSU played there on the road this year so I could go. Yeah, that's the one road trip. I want. I would like to go to BYU and possibly to Cincinnati as well. Um, yeah, that the Cincinnati I think would still be number two on my list, even with Luke Fickle. I want to clarify that. Um, yeah, no, me too. They, they don't do that much for me, but they do more than the other two. Right. Yeah. OU traveling to Tulsa is interesting. They the do that every – so OSU, the way, in, at least for the Cowboys, it's been they do like a three-for-one type deal with, with TU. Yep. Um, I think OU does OU's, that too. OU's it's a two for one, I think. Is it two? I, OSU sometimes it normally does two or three. I think it's two for one. Like I think OU like will do like a three game series with Tulsa like every five or six years, and it will be at yeah two for one or three. I mean, it's one. good for TU because they're going to sell out. I'm sure right. they already have. Like, quick drive. Um, yeah, it's quick drive for OU. TU sells out. A lot of OU fans in the Tulsa area. It's 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 good when those teams play TU, but I will say, especially when they were. When TU was like getting close to beating OSU these past couple of years, it makes me think every time, why the hell do we play these guys? Yeah, you have yeah, nothing to gain from playing these guys other than like showing fans in Tulsa you care. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was looking at I think I was looking at the OSU transfer activity. The amount of player swaps between OSU and Tulsa this year, pretty much OSU taking Tulsa's yeah, we top sent- players and Tulsa yeah. playing your guys bench warmers. Like it's pretty funny. Like yeah, it's like it is. In players, yeah, I I do really like the the staff Kevin Wilson put together at TU though. So yeah, um, oh fuck, who did he hire for receivers coach? It was somebody relatively big name. It's well, they hired Spurrier Jr. as OC. Yeah, yeah, Spurrier Jr. But oh man, I gotta pull it up. Yeah, no, I was looking at their uh their signing day stuff yesterday because they signed a decent amount in the February signing day just because. You know, losing a coach they they needed to, and they are bringing a ton of Oklahoma kids. Oh, Ryan, which is good. That's what TU yeah. should be. Yeah. Any fringe kid that might go to like a Mac school or something, TU needs to be all over that. They hired Ryan Switzer as their receivers coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's been compared kind of to like a, a younger Brian Hartline, who's the receivers coach at Ohio State, and that Best guy in the can country. Yeah. recruit. Yeah, he's really good. So Kevin Wilson put together a pretty good staff. It sounds like hopefully. It's also good when TU wins, especially if OU or OSU play, have them on the schedule. It never right. hurts to play a good team. So, yeah, um, should be. Uh, I'm. <laughs> you at least have maybe I think some basketball to look forward to after last night, man. I'm. You guys I'm, got softball, man. Come on, that's true. Softball, yep. and I'm excited about baseball this year. We're OU's not getting much respect in the baseball team going into the into the next season. OSU is getting their typical. 10 to 15 range in the polls. They wow. have the OU's not ranking in. I haven't found a, seeing a single poll where, which I get, they lose a lot of pieces and I know they weren't like dominant during the regular season. But man, they have some, like, I like what, what Skip's done with the pitching staff. Like, they have a lot of speed. Like, they should, in my opinion, at least get the respect of being ranked in the top 25 going into next year. But maybe I'll be wrong and they'll be horrible. But, um, yeah, first it'll time be, in a long um, time. There's hype, some hype going into the baseball season for OU. I don't know if we'll we'll ever get in like do a full thing on the spring sports, but OSU and OU softball are one and three in the country respectively. Yeah, big time in softball. I I remember being like, ah, why would I go to a softball game? I went to a softball game my freshman year of school. It's fun to watch. Like, it's so much more fast paced than baseball, and I love watching baseball. It's it, every play is a close play at first. 
now, unless you're the slowest runner in the world, maybe not, but it's in OU. Is the new stadium done or are they? No, no, no. They broke ground on it. Oh, yeah. They they ground. yeah. Um, OU packs, OSU sells out, OU sell out. Like it's fun and they'll play each other. I think they probably have a series in Norman or Stillwater, if I had to guess, but softball is pretty fun. Like the spring yeah. sports should be, pre- and then golf too, obviously is, a, yeah. is, I mean, OSU is a little down this year, I think, but high level golf. So that's the thing. I mean, this is OSU. I feel like for a long, it's been, you know, golf, wrestling, you know, traditional powerhouses. And OU has been a powerhouse in softball, but like across the board, the quality of, of sports teams for both, it's both, really both programs are really, really good right now. Yeah. Like as strong as I can ever remember, you know, OU's got, um, gymnastics, like I said, OSU has wrestling. Both are really good in golf, really good in softball. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun time to be a, a fan of both both programs. Now, I do think OSU fans want to play meaningful basketball. So. Oh, we would we would love to. I just don't think we're going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll go NIT again. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, any anything uh, to close this thing out? Only half a year away. For the schedule we just discussed. From what? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I'm really not that jazz. I mean, I'll be pumped about football in like four months. You know, yeah. I'll be itching again. But uh, with all the departures and everything that's gone down, and then hoops is starting to play a little bit better, it's kind of like ah, I don't really. See, I usually don't have this. It's just I love college basketball, and I still like whether OU is good or not. Like I still love college basketball, especially watching Big Twelve basketball. It's so much fun. Yeah, to watch. it's awesome. I'll just watch random Big Twelve games. Right. Yeah. No. Like, and that's what I'm gonna have to do. Um, I was hoping my wedding day is first Saturday of uh, of March Madness. I was hoping the Sooners were going to be playing, but I guess I'll have to watch some other hoops. <laughs> you can watch other people. I've I've gotten to watch. I I every year I'm like, oh, my spring break trip's going to be on on March Madness that first weekend. Never mattered. Oh, you made it one time when I was in school, so <laughs> <laughs> I never had the dilemma of like, oh, we got to figure out where to watch the game. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll uh, not sure exactly what our schedule will be uh, for the remaining spring. I'm sure we'll do a few more college hoops episodes, some maybe some spring football type stuff, some some a little golf here and there as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll post everything on social media. But, yeah, as always, follow us at Fifth Year Podcast on all social media platforms like rate, subscribe on Apple, Spotify. And, yeah, we'll uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, the rest of uh, the spring sports.